0: Hello everyone, Inkspector here with episode 2 of Gachspree. Today I want to talk a little bit about the process of actually writing an RPG system. Yesterday I sat down with a few people and played a, I believe, six hour session of Pathfinder. It was our third or fourth session, I believe, and... Um, not to get in too into detail about what it's really about, or or the uh, nature of our characters, um, it, it had its ups and downs as any session does, and in my experience, my, my personal preference, the ups are always the RPG portion, and in my very biased opinion, the downs when playing... Uh D twenty system is usually when you have to encounter the system. So in this case, the combat. Um you know, our characters in the game, I'm playing a cleric, there's a rogue drow, there is a Asimar um knight errant, and there's now a tiefling witch and a human druid. So there's quite a mixed bag of characters. Uh, my cleric is a strix. So, as you can imagine, there's not always a lot of agreeing going on. So there's actually, like, practically a warfare between two of the characters, with my character attempting to be the mediator. So, even though, like, a good hour or two of the session was actually these two characters just bickering at each other, it was... detailed, and it was fun, and it was interesting, even though we got basically nowhere. (laughs) But that's- that's how... These roleplay games tend to be you just you don't get anywhere but you have a good time. So even though these characters were fighting, we had a great time. Everyone agreed. Um, but that gets me back to my other point was the combat in in the combat was um, slow. <laughs> and I don't blame our Amazing dm for that. It's just really the system. There's a lot you have to take in and you have a lot You have to just know how to do and a lot of details to memorize and a lot of variables and modifiers And this that and the other going on with d20 and that's just how it is. It's just how it is. It's a it's a crunchy system There's a lot of numbers to be rattling off and accounting for and It is just a difficult system to run and uh, it's the same for d d and it's the same for Pathfinder, that's just how they are. Um, and if you play other games, um, that aren't based off the D20 system, they are just phenomenally different, astronomically different, in their simplicity, and the fact that they, um, emphasize the roleplay, rather than emphasizing tossing around numbers, pretty much. So, I, while I was listening to our, uh, Asimar friend, um... Doing their thing. I forget exactly what their their class is. It was some sort of, um, like almost like a martial arts focused paladin. So he gets these interesting extra abilities he can kind of tie into his moves, uh, which enhances his roll effects basically. So he get even more modifiers stacked on top of his modifiers and his rolls. So. And I was listening to this, and half of me felt that it was just insanely unnecessary detail. All the little micromanaging he had to do just to make the character function. And then another part of me thought, well, I'm playing this cleric, and I have very little I can do because I'm only level 2 in terms of spells. And also clerics don't really have great spells. So whatever my instinct would be, you know, do the magic... Um, I can't. (laughs) And then my other option was to shoot a crossbow, and that's it. So I just kind of am rolling a d20, and then rolling a d8, and then rolling a d20, and then rolling a d8. You know, turn after turn after turn. And that's how it is for um, a couple of the characters, actually. You know, and that's, I imagine as it gets up towards higher levels, there'll be more things to do. And it's it's not really against d20, it's just, you know, how that system works. But it got me thinking about my own system, Gachbuster. And I had been rolling around this sort of um, self conscious evaluation for a, about a month now. Um, when I started writing Gachbuster, my entire focus was combat, because I never enjoyed the combat in um, D20 systems for that reason that I just stated. That it's either too particular and too limiting or it's just you know once you get to do what you can do it's just a dice roll and that's it and it does the thing or it doesn't do the thing and so when I uh, made Gawk Buster, I wanted to make it feel a lot more organic and more energetic like um, various video games and card games I played so I set up the abilities to do things like cards you would see in Magic, or um, Pokemon moves, or character abilities in various video games would have. Um, So that adds a lot of strategy to uh, the actions of the characters. But combat, the direct combat, comes down to you're either um, hitting things or not hitting things in terms of attack rather than your, say, spell usage. So, I was starting to feel like half of the combat was good, and I was starting to really question if my decisions with the, the main part of combat was good. To clarify a little bit more what I mean, um, in Gach you can either attack on your turn, or you can rest on your turn, or you can use an ability slash talent. Um, resting just lets you heal, basically. Attacking obviously lets you either punch if you have no weapon, or it lets you use whatever weapon you have equipped, which adds um, a modifier to your uh, normal attack stat. Um, and then of course using a talent lets you use something you know how to do um, in a roleplay situation to alter the combat or it lets you um, Use one of your abilities and abilities have strict parameters like playing a spell card and magic So f- when I added the talents I felt like that changed combat so much and made it a lot more interesting. Um, For instance I have an occult uh, character that one of my players are using and she was able to completely circumnavigate a a serious battle by using her talent. She successfully rolled and she trapped a slime monster in a bottle. So wham bam situation fixed they were able to avoid taking damage um, at the beginning of a large dungeon. So then using abilities will do things like it'll add status effects, it'll change turn orders, it will deal damage um, directly without having to uh, mind the target's defense stat, which means it does basically full damage. Um, it, it, it just, they do a variety of different things, and it, it depends on how you build your character is the kind of abilities they can learn. So it it adds a lot of um, variety to characters and adds a lot of variety to what they can do. But then back to the um, attacking, as I said, it comes down to you either have a weapon or you don't. And if you don't, then you deal flat damage. If you do have a weapon, it deals flat damage plus the modifier of your weapon. And it gets a little bit more interesting once you get into forging weapons, um, where you can make the modifier better in whatever you want, where in whatever way you want, or you can take it and use your um, your weapon actually as though it were a stat-enhancing piece of armor, so you can add gemstones to your weapon to increase your speed or something along those lines you can actually attach a ability to your weapon so you enchant it. So it gives you free access to an ability that maybe you normally should not be able to learn, actually. Um, so that it adds a little bit once you start forging, but it doesn't really add too much that isn't already there. It's either a stat boost or it's just um, just one more ability, so which can be nice, but it's not really that much more interesting. So, especially for early game characters who may be nervous about using and potentially failing at using abilities, um, I've noticed that they just tend to rely on just swinging at each other and swinging at the enemies, um, which is just, it feels back like playing d20 again, where you just, you roll a die to do damage and either your target evades or they don't, which... It can be satisfying because I mean you can potentially deal a lot of damage. It it can be fun, especially if you roll a critical But it doesn't feel unique to me, which really really bothers me the combinations you can do in with the abilities feel unique the Basically reality Defying nonsense you can do by passing on talent checks feels unique but just plain attacking doesn't feel very whole to me. So this morning, I sat down um, with this Pathfinder session in the back of my head, and I decided I would just work on my system for a couple of hours. And um, my new system, the new book, um, Shades of Galgrieve. And uh, I figured I would just be adding more to the lore. Um, This game is a lot more of a setting than just system. But I ended up just thinking about the... uh, the Pathfinder game and what our Asomar friend had been doing. And it just seemed really interesting to me. So now I ended up making this entirely new... um, subsystem within the system. That runs also off uh, Fudge Die, because I am obsessed with Fudge Die. (laughs) Or Fate Die, rather, if you're more familiar with that turn. Um, But basically it adds the ability to uh, stack moves on top of attacking or resting uh, in order to um, basically do what you do with Talents, which is... Defy what should be your your normally normal abilities and your normal uh, reactions, and to add more effects and to add more options to an otherwise very standard action. Um, so I don't really have everything worded out quite yet, so I can't show you exactly what I mean. But basically, it'd be along the lines of um, you could. Uh, choose to rest. And while you're resting, you can use your, um, let's say like a meditate maneuver. Um, so while you're meditating on your turn, um, you roll your fudge die, you get a a result and that will, um, change how the meditate, how well the meditate goes. And basically when you're meditating, you're able to prepare an ability uh, for the next turn, so then on your next turn, you can actually cast your ability without having to pass the cast check. So, um, it can greatly change the way that combat functions, and it can make your character just a lot more stronger and a lot more interesting. By adding- I'm TLDR. The process of making a system is just this constant evolution and um, you know, a couple months ago I, I finished, I thought I finished Gachbuster I believe in October or November, yeah November 10th or 11th I think actually and I said this is done, I wrote my first book and I'm, I'm proud of it, I'm happy, I completed it. And then like two months later I basically went into a panic. I was like, "Oh my god, I made so many mistakes! It's terrible!" And then I frantically spent a week basically rewriting the entire book and reskinning the entire book. And I <laughs> know a couple months later we're here now, and um, or maybe like a month before this date, we're like, "I was like, okay, now it's done. Um, I'm just waiting on editing. I'm just waiting on a little bit more art." and then I will like proper release it um, and it's it's done and there's nothing more I can do to it. And now at this point I'm like, well, Gachmuth Buster, the core rulebook might be done, but the system isn't done because there's so much more I can add to it and there's so much more that I can do with it. But for my own sanity, I can't work on the original book anymore. It is what it is, and it's a good little book. It's not perfect, but there's enough there for uh, for people to chew on and get a good grip of the system. Um, but I can't, I can't keep adding to it, because at this point I feel like it would just be, be too bloated and just too much going on. So I'm going forward now with Shades of Galgrieve. And I'm simplifies, simplifying the uh, requirements from the original um, core book. And I'm streamlining a lot. And now I'm able to add into the system the things that I feel that it was missing, like this enhancement to combat and the uh, T3 system, which is an enhancement to the uh, roleplay. It's a roleplay supplement. And I'm able to focus more on lore. And I'm able to. Focus more on things like making my own species and and uh, not just leaving it open because uh, I put so much work into building the toolkits and putting that into the Gachbuster core book. So basically, the process of writing an RPG system I feel like it's never ending, and that's you know why we have five editions of Dungeons and Dragons and we have a uh, a test version of. Second edition Pathfinder, and why there's, you know, two editions of Hero, and why there's just so many books of Gerps, and it's just an ongoing process. And for me, the the struggle is to try and not be a perfectionist. I want everything to be as good as it can be, but at the same time, I am conscious of the idea that your first really is your worst. So for me, the the book is closed for for Gachbuster, and at some point I might come back to it. I mean, the, the Gachbuster isn't the core rule book. I might come back to it, rewrite it eventually, and make a, a second edition core book. But only after I've learned a lot, and after I've written a lot of setting systems, and after I've made a lot of subsystems for it that are really you know worthy to to come back and make rewriting the first book a worthy venture. But for now, I, I have to forge on basically and I have to get on with writing new things and um, the forward process will be the polishing of the system and the testing alongside other people and the bringing more people into this universe I've created. So if you're if you're writing an RPG system, make sure you get it tested Test it as much as you can. Test it. Test it for like a year. Solid, at least. Have other people try, it, not just your friends. Have strangers try it. Have just random people, different demographics, different age groups. You know, do not be afraid to sh- to share it because an RPG is meant to be shared. And the second most important thing is make it as good as you can, but don't. Panic about it because if this is your first system, it's not going to be good. It just isn't because it can't be because you just If it's good, you're probably following on somebody's, you know, stepping on someone's coattails too much. Not that you can't be creative, but You know, how how would you know what is even good? from a from a doing standpoint You know in a creating standpoint unless you've tried and failed and that's that's really true with everything. You're just go, you're going to try and fail. So basically, my advice is, if you want to write an RPG, you should just do it and just try it. And you know, don't uh, don't panic over the fact that you will make mistakes. <laughs> you will make lots of mistakes, and really, that's okay. And that's kind of the exciting part is learning from your mistakes. And um, like for me, I I wrote Gacha It took me three years. I see it's not perfect, but I get to go forward and be like, wow, how can I solve the puzzle of figuring out what isn't perfect about it? How can I make it better and better and better and a much cooler game, a much tighter game? And, you know, that makes it all worthwhile. It's really an exciting process, it's really interesting. So if you're uh, writing uh, an RPG, I really I encourage you to keep going and uh, don't lose faith, and uh, try some other games while you're writing it. Do play around with other games a little bit. Um, you'll get lots of ideas from other creators and see how uh, where you may have made mistakes or where they may have made mistakes, and that you know, things you do or don't definitely want to do. And, um, you know, and you'll be able to reach out to the community and maybe find some playtesters. So you know, I would just say happy writing everyone, and I hope you will consider taking a look at um, Gachbuster. and I will talk to you in the next episode perhaps more about the writing process of RPGs. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode, and have a great rest of your day.